Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. We're going to read from Second uh, Kings chapter 3 and we're going to just get right into the word. I just want to encourage you today and um, we're, we're going to be reading uh, quite a bit of scriptures here. And if you would, stand with me as I try to button up my shirt right here. Okay. And if you are, are going through a, a dry time in your life, a dry season, a, a dried up dreams, a situation where you're in a place of dryness, I want to encourage you this morning with this story. And I'm going to tell you a story, and then we're going to get really to what we need to in the second part of this. But uh, it says in 2 Kings chapter 3, 9 through 20, so the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the kingdom Edom took an indirect route to Moab. After seven days, they ran out of water for the army and the animals. The king of Israel said, oh, no, the Lord has put the three of us at the mercy of the people of Moab. Verse 11, but Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord whom we could ask? One of the officials of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, not Elijah, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's assistant. Verse 12, Jehoshaphat said, the Lord is with him. So King Jehoshaphat of Judah, the king of Israel, and the king of Edom went to Elisha. Elisha asked the king of Israel, why do you come to me? Go to your father's prophets or your mother's prophets. And the king of Israel answered him, No, the Lord has called the three of us in order to put us at Moab's mercy. Verse 14, stay with me. Elisha answered, I solemnly swear as a Lord of armies whom I serve lives, I wouldn't even bother to look at you or notice you if you weren't for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now get me a musician. As a music played his, as a musician played his harp, the power of the Lord came on Elisha, and he said, "This is what the Lord says: Dig, everyone say dig, dig ditches all over this dry stream bed." Let's pray, Father. We just thank you, and Lord, we know that you're Lord of the mountain, you're Lord of the valley. And God, we just pray that you would just release heaven on this place today. Every dry place, every dry dream, God, let it be renewed today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Just want to say hello to Rachel. I heard Rachel. There's Rachel. Good to see you, Rachel. Did you bring our friend we talked about? No? He's here? Okay, we got to talk. I talk about that, you know. Still got to go through the approval process of that, you know. So don't worry about that. That's just that's just right here, right now. That's between us. All right. <laughs> we love our people here at this church, you know, and we really do. Rachel, we've got a great relationship with Rachel. But anyway, let's let's get to the word right here. And Second Kings tells the story about three kings that are in a crisis. Three kings unite together from from Judah, from Israel, from Edom. 
And they unite together to take on the people of Moab. And it should have been a, a, a battle that should have been over very quickly. It should have been an easy task for them. But they run into a crisis because as they're, they're on their way marching for seven days, the Bible says that they run out of water. Being in a desperate situation, they're, they're in a situation between life and death because now they have no way of taking on this other, the, the people of Moab because they, they don't have water for their army or for their animals. So they're in a, they're in a desperate situation and they're stuck in a dried up valley with no water and no way, no sign of victory over the people of Moab. Have you ever been in a dry place in your life? Have you ever been in a dry valley, in a dry season, in a dry spell, where it seems like you have, you have just been in a, in, in a dry relationship with God, where you can't hear God? Maybe you're in a dried marriage. Things are dried up with your dreams. But we all go through times in our life where we find ourselves in places of dryness. Elijah Elisha is, is, is part of the camp. But what's interesting is a couple, a couple of the kings don't even know he's there. Look at what happens. Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a prophet of the Lord around so we could question the Lord through him? The fact that they, they're not even sure if Elisha's there, the fact that they even have to question if they have a prophet of the Lord around, tells me that the prophetic voice wasn't really a priority before the crisis. You see, some people only build their relationship with God from crisis to crisis. There's some people that only look for a prophetic word when they're in trouble. Not this church though, right? There's some people that only go to God, they only seek out God when they find themselves in a situation that they can't get out of. Don't be like these kings. Don't be an individual that only builds a relationship with God when they're in a storm or when they're in a valley. Prophetic voice or the voice of God wasn't important to them before they're stuck wasn't a priority for them to hear from God before they get in their jam. So now they, they look, and, and one of the kings is actually smart enough to understand because he says, isn't there a prophet of the Lord? You know why he was asking for a prophet of the Lord? Because the, the other kings were so involved with false prophets and with, with Baal worship and with idols, they, but they couldn't call on their gods to fix the situation. I want you to understand that's why you need to build this thing with God because your idols won't save you in your trouble. Whatever you're building your life around right now, I hope it would have the ability to bring solutions to your crisis when you're in trouble. Because if you are building a life without God, and you are building a life around things and, and stuff that can't save you, you're going to find yourself in a crisis so some people only build their relationship with God when they need help. But I want you to understand, look, look at this, this thing could have been avoided. I really believe that. You ever, you ever get into to a crisis of your own making? How many people here have ever made dumb decisions? I've made a lot of them. I mean, dumb. 
not just dumb, dumb decisions. You, you know what I'm saying? You just, you just do things that are just stupid, okay? You do things that are just dumb. And you know why they did a dumb thing? Because they didn't take time to seek the voice of God before they got into the crisis. There's some crisis that are crisis of our own making. And it's because it has everything to do that we didn't consult with the Lord before we made the decision. I want you to understand, never make a major decision without consulting the Lord first. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Sometimes we fail with our plans because we didn't consult God first. And we find ourselves in a crisis and we call it a trial. It's not a trial. It's the results. It's the consequence. The fact that you didn't cry out to God to get answers beforehand. You know, I love God's grace, though. Because, dude, I've, I've blown it plenty of times. And you know what? God still has a plan even when we mess things up. So Jehoshaphat is like, is there, not, is there not a prophet? There's got to be a man of God. There's got to be a one with woman of God. There's got to be somebody. And, and the Bible says that one of, one of the, the, the king, the king of Israel, who was all in the, the worship of, of Baal and false prophets, he says, you know, I know, I know a dude. I, I'm throwing in my own version here, okay? So just stay with my, my version. You're going to be all right. Don't worry. It's not heresy, okay? But he's like, I, I know a dude. He's like, I don't, I don't know him. Because they didn't know. They, they weren't calling on Elisha before. I know a dude. I don't know him. But I know of him. You, you got those people? I don't know him. But I know of him. I mean, I'm not following him on Twitter or anything. But, you know, I know this dude. And, and the king's like, really? Who, who is he? So you, you remember. You remember. If you're looking in your Bible for this version, it's, it's not there. Okay, this is. I'm telling a story here, okay? This is the PMV version, Pastor Matt Vasquez version, okay? VV. It's like, you, you remember that dude, Elijah, right? He's like, yeah, that, that dude, that guy was bad, you know? Doing all his crazy miracles and everything, and every time they'd post those miracles on Facebook, 20,000 likes, instant. It's just, that dude was bad. It's like, well, you know, that guy, Elijah, this guy, Elisha, he, he, that's his boy. They work together. And the king's like, really? Really? He's like, I got to meet this dude. The Lord is with him. Jehoshaphat knows immediately that the Lord was with him. You know, when people know that the Lord is with you, they'll come find you. They will find you during crisis. The the question is, do you have enough of God in you that people seek you out when they're in a storm or they're in a crisis? Or do you have too little of God that they just plain want to stay away from you? But do you have enough of God in you that people will come searching for you because they know that the hand of God is on your life and when I come to them because they know God, because the Spirit of God is in their life, I can depend on them for solutions to my problem. 
You're supposed to be a solution provider in this world. The world is supposed to be better because you showed up. But the Lord has to be with you first. We're still building here, okay? So they, they go to Elijah. Fast forward. They, they go to Elijah. And Elijah, you know, he's, he's a prophet with attitude, okay? Ever know church people with attitude? Huh? I get attitude sometimes, you know. We all get attitude, you know, but but let me tell you something. Before you read this and you, you look at Elijah's at, Elisha's attitude, it doesn't give you an excuse at home to have attitude, all right? Because that's not one of the fruits of the Spirit is not attitude, okay? Just so you know. Because some of us don't read our Bible here. We don't know what fruit is. You know, what, what fruit are you talking about, Pastor? Bananas, apple, talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Read it. It's in Galatians, all right? That's, that's just for free. That's a tip. But, but here, here's what Elijah's saying, okay? Elijah, Elisha asked the king of Israel, uh, why did you come to me? Go to your father's prophets or your mother's prophets. He's talking about go to the false prophets. The king of Israel answered, no, the Lord has called the three of us in order to put us at Moab's mercy. So they think the Lord set them up because they ran out of water. But that's not true. The Lord doesn't do that. Verse 14, Elijah answered, I solemnly swear. Look at the attitude here. I like this. As the Lord of the army whom I serve lives, I wouldn't even bother to look at you, moving his head and his, his hand. I wouldn't even bother to look at you or notice you if it weren't for, for my respect for King Jehoshaphat or Judah. He's like, you know, King Jehoshaphat, if it wasn't even for him, I wouldn't even be having this conversation with you guys right now. That's rude, huh? Isn't that rude? That's true, though. That's a prophet with an attitude, you know. But don't, don't be like that. It's a prophet with an attitude, you know, right there. But, but Elisha's just mad because these guys only go to God when they need something. Other than that, they go to the prophets of, of, of Baal. Now, I understand because we got people here, not at this church, though, because this church is perfect. They call and they need somebody to deal with their crisis and they want them to deal with it right now. But when it comes to church on Sunday, unless you got a birthday party or a barbecue you need to be at, you're just not going to be here. All quiet on me. Come on. But pastor, you know, you need to get over here to my house right now. You don't understand, you know, what's going on right now. You need to get here right now. No, we don't. You need to make God a priority in your life. You could avoid a lot of that drama if you did. Right? So Elisha's like, he's, he's got attitude. You know, I think I might try that, you know. Don't call the office. You weren't in church last week, you know. Just, <laughs> he called, called me. <laughs> Don't worry. No grudges. I'm, I'm, we will always receive you. If you need prayer, but I'm just telling you, man, sometimes we want to go Elijah on some folks, you know, you feel me? Huh? Okay. Let's move on. Cause some people look mad, you know, look at all sour and everything all mad, you know, cause you, you like to plan birthday parties on Sunday at, at nine 30 and 11. Don't want to be at church. I can't stand it. I'm telling you, man, we, I'm sorry. I can't make it. To, I got to go to a birthday party. You can't do it on Saturday. Can't do that Monday through Friday. Come on, folks. 
Sunday is the Lord's day. Come on, or do it after church. I'm just saying, I'm just, okay, I'm just, let, let's just move on. Because now I'm getting like Elijah, you know, get all rude and everything up in here. So Elijah cops an attitude, you know, cops an attitude. And this, this is the funny part. Cops an attitude, and he says, now go get me a musician. Isn't that funny? He's like the Sopranos or something, you know, just dishing out orders. Now go get me a musician. No, please. You got somebody that can play for me. Now just go, go get me a musician. And you know why I think he needs a musician? Because Elisha needed to change the atmosphere. He was, he was upset. His, his blood was boiling. And he knew the, the dudes that he was with, their hearts weren't even right with God. And you know what happens when, when, we, when we worship God? It doesn't say that they worship, but there was something that happened. Because as the, the musician is playing, the atmosphere begins to change. And the Spirit of God comes upon Elisha. And you know, Elisha knew that he needed to take control of the atmosphere so that he could hear from God. Now, I'm not saying that you need music to hear from God, but you do need to change the atmosphere of your heart to get a word. Some of you have been wondering, why is God not speaking to my life? It's not that God isn't speaking. He's always speaking. It's just you haven't set up an atmosphere where you can hear him. So Elijah has the musician play, takes control of the environment and the spirit of God. The the Bible says that the power of God came upon him. If you want to change the atmosphere in your life, learn how to worship. This is why it's so important. This is why we encourage you up on the stage that you would lift up your hands and that you would be a a worshiper. Why? Because we're trying to set the atmosphere where you can hear a word from God over your life. It's important. You have to understand it. If If you are a believer that worship is not an option, it's a necessity. It's a necessity for your life. You don't come in here with, with your bad self, with all this pride. Like, you know, what are you going to do for me today, God? No. You open up your heart. You lift up your hands. And you give God His due. Why? Because He's worthy of it. You may not feel Him. You may not even had contact with Him all week. But you still reverence His name. Why? Because He's worthy of it. Because it's not an option. It's a necessity. And it blows my mind away. People that come to church and their hands in their pocket, falling asleep, looking at their phones on on Facebook, on Twitter, and, and can't wait to get out. And you're wondering why things are falling apart in your life. It has everything to do with the atmosphere of your heart. Let me just say this. If you can't connect with God here where it's easy, I want to know how you're doing it out there where it's hard. I mean, what's your secret? Please share it with me. I I, I want to know. Share with me. How are you doing it out there? How are you carrying the presence of God out there? I mean, somebody share with me how you can do that. If you can't even do it here when you're in a corporate gathering and the Spirit of God is moving, if you can't do it here, you won't do it anywhere else. 
Elijah changes the atmosphere. Sometimes when we're in a dry place, in a dry season, in a dry spell, in a dried up marriage, dried up relationship with God, all it, all it takes sometimes for that to break. Because I've been there. It's just, just open up your mouth and just sing to the Lord. That's it. I don't sing good. But I sing anyway. You know? I sing anyway. You don't need to know it. But I sing anyway. And all it says, you, you'd be surprised when you were at a place where you were dry. How many of you have been there? You're dry. You could either surrender to your situation or you could sing a song to the Lord. As you're going to work, all it takes is just for you to sing a song. Just sing. Open up your mouth. You don't need a CD. You, you just, just, just sing. It's just open up your mouth, sing, and then wait. Just sing and wait. And as you sing, you're going to find that that thing over your life is going to break. Just lean on it a little bit longer. Just l- learn to lean on it. When you come to church and you're not feeling it, remember this This ain't for you, first of all. But sometimes we've got to learn just to linger in the presence of God and just throw up our hands anyway until the atmosphere changes. Sometimes that's all we need to do to start hearing the Lord again. So this is what happens while the musician's playing. The Lord's power came over Elisha. And he receives a prophetic word. This is, this is what he says. This is what the Lord says. Verse 16, dig ditches. Everybody say dig. Dig ditches all over this dry stream bed. Well, man, that's, is that the right word, Elisha? I mean, you serious, man? We, we haven't drank and haven't had water for a while now. You ask the Lord again. No, that's that's the word. God's solution to the problem was to dig. I would have been like, what? (laughs) There's nothing spiritual about digging ditches. You hearing me? There's nothing supernatural about digging ditches. These guys need a miracle, and and the Lord... The, the prophetic word that the Lord gives them doesn't say, all right, I want you to pray for two hours, sing a couple songs, and it's going to be all right. The Lord tells him to dig ditches. Now, there's nothing spiritual about that, but this is what we need to understand, that sometimes doing the natural is what releases the supernatural. You have to understand that there are some things you are not going to pray away in your life. I believe in the power of prayer. I'm a praying individual, but I also understand if my prayers don't drive me to preparation of what God wants to do, then I'm just wasting my time. Well, well, let's let's just pray over this dead marriage and see what happens. No. You do what you can do. That's what the, the Lord just had them do what they could do. That's it. 
He just had them do what they were able to do. You know what you do when you're in a dry time, when you have a dried up dream, a dried up marriage, a dried up relationship with God? You do what you can do. You do what you can do in the natural and you wait until God releases something in the supernatural over your life. But you do something. Elijah prayed during the season of drought. But Elisha is telling them they need to dig. It takes work. It takes effort to dig in a dried up stream bed, in a dried up valley. You understand it takes work sometimes to dig out of that situation that you're in. I look at Sister Rachel who, 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 was sick last year, who they said was, was not going to walk, but she didn't agree with that word over her life. Now she is walking, but she didn't pray that stuff away. She says, you know what, one day I'm going to walk again. And she did things in the natural to prepare her body, and now God is moving in her life because she dug through it. We pray, yes, but we dig. We dig through things. We dig through it because that's the way that things happen. You need God to revive that dried marriage. Dig through it. What do you mean? Do what you can do. Take your spouse out on a date. You can do that, right? Natural thing. Nothing spiritual there, right? And you don't even have to read scriptures. Just go and have a good time. You, you can do that. How about honoring each other? You can, that's, that's a natural thing. Spend time together. That's natural. Well, you don't understand. They don't know the Lord. They're not serving the Lord. But does that mean that you can't serve? Does that mean that you, you can't talk and be encouraging instead of tearing them down? That's a natural thing. God can work with that. You have a dead, dried-up dream. Well, this thing looks like it's never going to happen. Well, dig. Dig. Well, you don't understand. I'm too old. We, you're not old enough to learn, right? Can you go back to school? Well, I don't have any money. Well, can you work? Well, I don't know. I want to start a business, but I don't know how. Well, can you go to the library and get a book? You can download books on Amazon.com for $9.99. Can you do that? I mean, my God, the, the, the excuses that we come up with these days, why we can't get out of the dryness, why we can't, we can't see God move in our situation, because we want the supernatural without doing anything in the natural. Do what you can do. Tell the person next to you, do what you can do. See, in crisis, we look for a move of God, but God is looking for a move of man. Did you hear me? We're looking for a move of God, but God is looking for a move of man. Even though you have a promise on your life, you're still going to have to work at it. You're still going to have to work. 
I know that Jesus did the work on the cross, but you still got to work sometimes to set up the, the thing that God wants to release on your life. You still got to work. You still got to dig. Do what you can do and let God do what you can. If you will do the simple, God will do the spectacular. Let's read. I, I want to read another version. So when, when Elijah hears the word, this is another version. It says, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full. Everyone say full of ditches. Get that word in your spirit. Full. Verse 17, you will not see wind or rain. In other words, you're not going to see a sign. Sometimes God blesses us and we have no sign of what he's doing. That's why you should never give up. And God is saying, I'm going to bless you without a sign in your life. And he says, but this valley will be what? Filled with water. God doesn't tell them just to dig a few ditches He tells them to make the valley full. Why? Because we don't get what we want. We get what we prepare for. And you know what God wanted for them? God God was not mad. I'm so glad that God does not repay us for for the, the dumb things that we do. Because God could have said, you know what? dig these ditches and I'm just going to give you a couple gallons of water and then I'm going to be on my way and you guys go see what you can do. God doesn't do that. Some of you have the wrong idea of who God is and you still think that he's trying to pay you back for your trouble in your life for the things that you've done. But God says, you know what? Make the valley full of ditches and this valley will be filled. God was willing to fill their valley in spite of the things that they had done. Let me tell you something. Some of you, you're not even right with the Lord right now. You're not even seeking the Lord right now. You come here. You, you don't even have a relationship with God. You come to church every week. You leave the same way, but God still wants to fill your valley. God still wants to rain down on your life. God still wants to do a work in your life. Why? It's not because you're good. It's because he's good. It's because he's a good God. He's a generous God. He's a God of excess. He's a God that's so generous. He is better to, to us than we are to him. That's just the kind of God that we serve. And if you would find out that if you didn't just build your relationship with God around crisis, you would would understand just how good He is. He's saying, I want you to make this valley full. Because it didn't matter what they wanted. It mattered how much they made room for. Listen to me, if you need a large move of God right now, then prepare largely. If you need a great move of God right now, then prepare prepare greatly. Why? Because the more you prepare, the more you receive. God loves us all the same way, folks. He really does. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. You need to understand that. But God doesn't bless everyone the same way. Do you understand that? He doesn't bless everyone the same way. Your blessing is dependent. Your your measure of blessing is dependent on what you make room for in your life. It has everything to do with you. If you want a blessing like somebody else, then you've got to prepare the way they did. 
But your measure really is dependent on how you've made room for it. Because God's intentions, you understand that God's intentions are to bless you and to fill your life and not just to give you a little because he's not a stingy God. But God is a God of excess, but he's not a God of waste. So all he is looking for is for people that are prepared to receive what he wants to do in their life. And all God wanted them to do was prepare in proportion to what he wanted to do. Because God likes to fill things to capacity. Are you hearing that? Is, is that, is this getting through to you? Are you, you understanding this? In Acts chapter 2, 4 says, and they were filled with the Spirit. If they didn't get a drop, it says they were filled. Psalms 23, 5 says, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Second Chronicles 7, 1 tells us how, how Solomon had prayed and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. God is not the God of little. He's the God of much. He's the God of abundance. He doesn't just want to meet your need. He wants to exceed it. But you have to be willing to make room for it. If you need more of God right now, then it's time to start digging. Make room. If you are at a place right now where you can't hear from God, then all I could say is make room. Dig your ditch and make room. But some of you today, before we leave, you need to worship in proportion to what you want God to do in your life. Because this this kind of stuff, just standing here, just ain't cutting it for you. Just standing here, maybe singing a verse or two and just kind of looking, looking at your phone. When are we going to get out of here? But yeah, God, you know, you need to meet this need because I don't know. If you don't do this, I'm in trouble. But let me just check my phone right now. What are they going to keep singing this song? Because I, I, I need to go. I need, I need to get out of here. Uh, if your marriage is falling apart, I would worship God in proportion to what I need him to do in my life. Instead of coming in here, acting like you got it all together, so full of pride, and we're lucky if we can get you to clap your hands a couple times. I would worship God and prepare and make room in proportion to what I want him to do. How dare we come in here so casually without reverence and fear for God and expect him to fix every mess in our life without us even trying to give him his due, making room for him in our lives. How dare we come to church with a casual attitude and just thinking we can just come here and hopefully God fixes my issue today. But throughout the week, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And if I want to show up, I'll show up. If I don't want to show up, I won't show up. How dare we become people like that when God wants to fill your valley, wants to fill your dry places. I would make room and prepare in proportion 
to what I need him to do. Because if what I need him to do is big, I need to prepare big. If I need him to resurrect something in my life that is dry and dead, then I need to come with my best and dig for it. Why? It's not that we're working for the blessings of God. Understand me. We're already blessed. We are already blessed. He's already given us every spiritual blessing in the high, in the heavenly places. The Bible says that. Why do we work? Why do we dig? We dig because we're making room for God to work. He, God didn't make them dig to punish them. Understand. God wasn't trying to be a punk. Well, you know what? You need to work for this blessing. No. God was saying you dig and you prepare because what I want to do is so big in this valley. All I need is a container to contain what I want to do. This is why we dig. Because what he wants to do is so big, we prepare it. We, we, make, we make ditches in the valley. We dig in the hard places. We dig through it. We work. It's hard to dig when you're dry. It's hard to dig when you have dead dreams. It's hard to dig when you're in a dead marriage, in a dead situation, in a dead ministry, and you're a leader. But you dig and you dig. And the more you dig, the more you're able to receive. I want you to stand with me. We're going to just worship the Lord. And I want you to pay attention to 2 Kings 3.20. It says, the next day, this is after they've been digging. We don't know how long it took them, but the next day, about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, it says, water what? Suddenly. It didn't say it gradually came or it gradually appeared or that it came in small amounts. The Bible says that the water suddenly appeared. It was flowing from the direction of Edom, which is an unlikely place for the water to flow. Listen to me. God is going to start blessing some people in some unlikely places. You are going to start seeing blessing in your life if you prepare. And you're going to get blessed in unlikely places. Now, here's what he says. Here's what the Bible says. And soon there was water where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Not just in some places. But everywhere. How many of you need blessing right now in your life? And you need it everywhere. You need it everywhere in your marriage. You need it everywhere in your kid's life right now because they're in rebellion. You need it everywhere in your life because you can't even read your Bible right now. You can't even hear from God. You need it everywhere in your life. You need it at your job. You need the blessing of God everywhere. And you can't wait any longer. You're in a place and like, God, if you don't move now, I don't know what you're, what's going to happen. If you don't move now in this marriage, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you don't move now in my children's life, I don't know what's going to happen. But God is saying, I want to do something and I want to do it suddenly in your life. But suddenly doesn't just happen. It happens when we obey. It happens when we do our parts. It happens when we do what we can do 
and allow God to do what we can't. But one last thing, you can accelerate the things, you can accelerate in the things of God as fast as you are willing to prepare for it. The water came suddenly, but I doubt if they sat there and didn't dig ditches and they're like, you know what, we'll get to it next week, Elijah. It sounds, sounds like a, you know, interesting idea from God, but we're, we're a little bit tired, so we'll do it next week. No, they did it immediately and then suddenly came. Some of you have been waiting on things, these, some things, but I'm telling you, you need to start preparing today for your suddenly, for what you need God to do everywhere in your life. I want you to lift up your hands. We're just going to, we're just going to usher in what God wants to do right now in your life. And I'm telling, like I said before, if you need God to do something big in your life right now, then I would begin to seek God in proportion to what I need him to do. If you just need a little blessing, then, well, you know, you keep checking your phone. You keep wondering when we're going to get out. That's fine. But if you need God to move, you, you are in a dry spell. You are in a dry situation. Then I would say I would seek God and I would do it with all my heart. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.